This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, hey Marge, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Running a growing business means getting the insights you need wherever you are. With Shopify's single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ifanboy, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash ifanboy now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash ifanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 474, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Think of your fellow man, lend him a helping hand, put a little love in your heart. You see it's getting late, please don't hesitate, put a little love in your heart. And the world will be a better place, and the world will be a better place. Hello, welcome to the Fanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 474. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and that's my co-host, birthday boy, Josh Flanagan. The things I do for you people. <laughs> Chip! Chip on my shoulder a mile wide. Hi. Talking to your friend about comics on your birthday. It's a hardship. Uh, I've been looking forward to this all day. Are you kidding me there, Chappie? We are iFanboy. We like comics. We read a bunch of comics. One of us picks their favorite book. We call that the pick of the week. We'll talk about that book on the show along with other books of the week and other fun stuff. Some listener mail. It'll be fun. Spoiler warning. Here it is. There. That's all you get. <laughs> you better figure it out yourself. Figure it out. It'll be spoilers. Josh. Yeah. It was your pick. Yeah, it was. So first, I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna. I read had another big time. week. Did you? Yes. I had another 19 I, book week. Like I don't know. I don't know the. Better the have five count. next week. But I, you know, I was like, oh, I don't have time. And then once I got going, I was like, oh, I'm having a fun time reading comics. Mm-hmm. Why am I complaining about reading comics? That's the dumbest thing anyone could do. It was a good week. So I get to this this criminal special edition one shot, and I think, what is this? Is this a is this, is this a reprint? What is this? I thought, because Image has been uh, re-releasing the criminal books that were originally through um, Marvel's Icon, Icon uh, imprint um, with new nice trade dress and all that. And I thought, oh, maybe they're just printing, because it kind of looked kind of simple, whatever. And no, it was I, I, it's a new uh, story about one of the old characters. And I haven't thought about criminal in a little bit. I remember, oh, yeah, no, I liked those. But, uh, you know, I don't think I'll go back, read them more. And I, and I got to the end... And I don't know that I, I would say that I finished this and was like, well, that was it. That was the pick. But at the end of the whole thing, the big stack of comics, this was the one I remembered. Mm-hmm. That was the one that I was like, well, that was – like I was, uh, I was – I guess I was surprised because I didn't know I was going to get a new issue. And, and B, I, I really enjoyed it the whole time through. I was like, oh, this is a really sort of – that sort of very back to basics 
simple, fun criminal storyline. Uh, and I was like, I don't, I don't know who it is. And at the end, you're like, oh, that's really obvious. That's who it is. That's great. Well, this um, I mean, it was a pretty great one shot. It's meaty. Mm-hmm. It plays with the medium of comics. It's it's the story of Teague Lawless, who we haven't seen a whole bunch. And, and there's a little essay in the back by Boo Baker who says he's he's a pivotal character in the criminal verse, which he's loath to call it. But we haven't we haven't seen him a lot yet, which I assume means there'll be more coming. But yeah, uh, so yeah, I had like, to. All that stuff had to come back. I was like, right, there was a there was a Tracy Lawless, and that was the kid in this, and yeah. and like I was putting it all together a little. But also, like that doesn't matter. Like you don't need to know any no, of that. No, not just at like, all. This is just a story of a guy trying to to survive his last two weeks in jail because he's in <laughs> jail for thirty days for contempt, uh, a uh, missing his appear- court appearance. Yeah, and uh, he's a he's a criminal. He was. He, he was uh, he had just robbed it was at a bank they just had an well, this armed was, robbery that was, wasn't that the story from the like I feel like this is what happened right after right so but he, he, he didn't like, go to jail for his armed robbery right, of, the, know, but, of but, the armored car he went to jail for missing a court appearance or wasn't the robbery now. story one of the other trades could have been, it's been I think it was old trades so right so I haven't read it for a while but that was my that was my feeling was that this was sort of the thing that comes after that story had ended and he got pinched but he didn't yeah he didn't get pinched because of the robbery. It was just because of something stupid because he has impulse control problems. Shocking. Uh, the whole thing is framed around this sort of 70s uh, proto-Conan comic book done in uh, black and white, more or less. Zengar uh, the Savage. Yeah, sort of, you know, boobs and swords and, 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 you know, overwrought dialogue and everything. The stuff that you would have read in the 70s. And, and, and the whole thing is put through, you know, through that lens. There's little bits of it. And every time there's a part of the story that ends, it's sort of cuts into the the real real quote unquote part of the story um including a really sort of fun part at the end uh where the kid is reading the book right which i thought was neat yeah so we the, the, again in the essay he talks about how it was inspired by the fact that brew baker had a dinner with a bunch of comic pros and they, he found out that in the 70s and 80s uh, these kind of comics were really popular in prisons so he wrote a story about a criminal in prison reading these conan-esque mm-hmm. comics and it would you know, comment on what was happening in the story, and it was—it really was a showcase, also for Sean Phillips's art, because well, he gets that to, guy's a—he's how did he find time to do this? <laughs> That's insane. I wonder if this has just been going on in the background for a while. Either, but, I mean, it's not even like a short issue, and he's got whole new group of human characters to do, and then he's got the—he did this uh, just sort of as an aside. He did this fantasy comic that all had to be designed and drawn. Which I'm, I'm, I imagine must have been a shitload of fun. If I'm a comic book artist, that's what I want to draw. Right. I think. Yeah. I mean, like it was just, it was a really great sort of issue. And and when I, uh, you know, after I read everything, I looked back at like, well, what what stood out for me? And I was like, well, this is this, you know, that was the thing. There wasn't even a choice. Like it was. I don't think it hit me on the head when I read it so much as, as after the fact. Well, if it was very much one of those comfortable shoe issues. Yeah. You know, that doesn't downplay how good it was. It was really good. But uh, it was also really good to go back to this world and these characters that we loved so much. I mean, if you look back on those old shows we used to do, those video shows we talk about our top five comics, this was always in our top five. Yeah, and I, I, what's interesting is that I really still think of Criminal. This is like this is one of those age things mm-hmm. where I still think of Criminal as like a newish thing. Right. Like I think of music from the early to mid two thousands as new, and it's like over a decade old now. Right. I don't know if Criminals made it to a decade, but close. either way, like we've come around to a nostalgia for a. I don't mean this in the bad way, but a nostalgia for a comic book that I still think of as sort of new and groundbreaking that is actually quite old that we've actually returned to. He's done a lot of stuff since then, right? 
Um, and he's worked he's worked a lot with uh, Sean Phillips since then. They've they've even got a great book out, The Fade Out, right now, which was a pick of the week a couple of weeks ago. And you know, before that, they did the Fatal. It's in the sleeper way back before criminal. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the. They're just one of those teams. Like, yes, we I, we think we're just going to work together, which is cool. The you know the Rocco Lark, the the Rager Phillips. And I'm I'm more than happy to have them keep the doing this. I, yeah. I I would love. I mean, I love the fade out. Uh, if they want to, hmm, how can they do both? Can we clone? Mm-hmm. Can we do that yet? We can't clone yet. Well, I mean, that really brings into a lot of nurture versus nature questions. <laughs> this is where you really miss Paul on the show to talk about eugenics. <laughs> I, I thought we said we weren't going to do that anymore. <laughs> so you mentioned that you don't need to know the criminal backstory and yeah. you don't. This is this is just a really great prison survival story. And there's a, you know, the old old man librarian kinda like in Shawshank mm-hmm. and uh you know the, the mob boss running the prison and I was, was totally waiting for that double cross by the oh, way. Oh I was I was I was certain that he was yeah. I really like the setup of the story where he thought that he knew who came after him, but the guy was like, no, it wasn't me, but also I'm not going to help you. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Which I I love that level of of criminality. Like, if you get out, I have a job for you, but also, you know, I hate you. And like, like, the dude's super tough. He's Wolverine of criminal. Right. You know, like, so he doesn't go down or anything. I just, I like the layers. I really did like how it it was really simple. And he was just like, what the hell's going on? Why? And at the end, you're just, that's a perfect answer. Like, it makes perfect sense. It was very satisfying. And, like, if you, this is another one of those ones where, you know, if you've heard us talk about Criminal for a really long time, I have seen a lot of tweets and things lately from people like, yes, I finally got Lazarus, and you guys were really right about it. Right. So this is, a, and thank you for that, by the way, because I, you know, it's going to take a long time to get to all those houses. And the less that I have on the, the less list, murder the better. Out the less blood in your hands, the better. Exactly. But but this is one of those ones where if you've like you've heard us talking about criminal and you've been like, ah, maybe you're like, just get this issue. This is one issue. It's a one shot. There's not a number on the cover. It's just one It'll uh, give you a taste of the world and if you like five it five bucks. If you, yeah. so, and if you like it and it's worth the five bucks, it's really thick. Totally. And if you like it, you got uh, six volumes of criminal out there. Mm-hmm. And to it's read a, at your leisure. If you're the first if you're entering that world for the first time and you've got those six volumes, I envy you. Because mm-hmm. that is a great world to enter. If you like That's crime funny. stories, crime comics, this is the best out there. Agree. Yeah. So uh, you know, hand, that was for me. That was the, that was the sort of most sort of satisfying book of the week, and it was it was a surprise. I didn't know it was coming, so that also helped. That's cool. So now, um, what? 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 Um, you know, you spoiled this for me. I'm sorry. What? Sort of. I didn't know what was going to happen. What uh, happened to Alfred in Batman 39? Well, I believe our, our uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo made their mark. What? Um, so does this mean he's going to put a hook on his hand and grow hair, long hair and a beard? And you can only hope. So That's... in this issue, uh, we're getting down to, I think, I think it concludes next, next issue, right? The end game storyline. I think it says to be concluded at the end. I think like with uh, Superior Foes of Spider-Man, uh, we were just like, is this the end of this story? Is this, is this the one? I'm no? scrolling. The DCF hates my iPad. Uh, so in this issue, the Joker... That's weird. I could barely hear the uh, two-stroke engine. Yeah, it says to be concluded, so we're going to get the finale. So this is the second to last issue. That's, the, by the way, that's an old joke. I'm not going to let right. die. Um, so I'll, I'll joke, the Joker enters the Batcave. He sw- swims in from underground, and he's looking at all the trophies. I kind of like that whole scene where he's sort of... It's like he's at a museum, kind of. I had to, I had to like reacquaint myself 
with with the, the with the court of owls. I was like, wait, wait, okay, how does this how does this work? Where do they sit in this? Because I, I feel but like with the main, we'll get to the court of owls in a second. But yeah. so, but as the Joker's going through the Gotham Underground Museum, uh, Alfred appears with a shotgun, shoots at the Joker, hits him, but not directly. So the Joker's face is all fucked up. Uh, and then uh, the Joker manages to get the upper hand and chops off Alfred's hand with a cl- meat cleaver. You don't, you didn't take anything else away from this, did you? Not really. <laughs> it's pretty traumatizing. It's pretty traumatizing. Uh-huh. I mean, there was a lot of good stuff in the beginning of the Court of Owls and, the, and trying to figure out if the Joker... And it, I mean, we talked about this last time when mm-hmm. we had this issue 38, and I think that was Paul's last show. Uh, mm-hmm. About whether yeah. or not the Joker is this immortal being of evil, or he it's a it's a misdirect, and there was nothing in, to indicate misdirect in this issue. Uh well, the the old uh, Court of Owls guy, the the old Talon, didn't seem to. But the, he's got some sort of mysterious substance in his blood, mm-hmm. which make you know, yeah, makes me uneasy. Yeah, what do you think of this issue? I liked it. I've been enjoying it. I'm a little. It's so swirling and gigantic that, and it's been going on for such a long time that I have had a little hard time keeping a grasp on it. So I sort of read it for the moments. I don't. Know, I don't know. The end game's been all that long. I think it's. I think it's going to be. I, well, no, but like this is related to Court of Owls. So this That's basically true. goes back for thirty-nine issues, which is over three years. It's a lot of story there that keeps going. Right. And that's that's not a complaint. That's really more about my own thing. I I I, I do have, I guess, what I would call doubts about the reveal of the criminals working with them mm-hmm. I thought that was really strange yeah so the Joker's gonna unleash this gas into the city and there was a little call sort of thematic call back to the Jack Nicholson Joker at the end of the Batman yeah. 89 I really thought he was gonna say who do you love in that in I did too I really thought that was gonna happen but he's parading he, he, so after, I thought he was gonna say who do you trust Yeah. after maiming uh, Alfred he takes he steals a bunch of the Items and throws a parade with the dinosaur and the giant Joker yeah. card. I thought that was cool. That's a great but, cover uh, too. That's a, that cover is yeah. spectacular. Yes, but uh, he's going to unleash this gas to the city that's going to destroy everything. So the Bat family calls upon Batman's villains to help because it's their city too. So th- and that's a, that's an old yeah. You know that's an old. I story. feel like and I, and I think it's totally valid, but I feel like the versions of the characters that we've been working with. Right, aren't a little too crazy? Yeah, no, I mean, like, I tend to think, like, like Croc or, or like, Free... Croc would, because Croc is often shown to be, like, a misunderstood right. Freeze but. and Penguin, I could see them coming along. Maybe the movie of Bane kind of would. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, there's a... Like, because Poison Ivy, if, if, if the gas is going to hurt the plants, yep. then she would, yep. but... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, and then uh, them all working together. And then the thing is, like, I don't want the story about them working together. You know what I'm saying? Well, you're not good. You're not really because you only get one more. Right? Issue. No, I know that. So that's actually fine. Like I, you know, like I get it. That's a, that's a thing that happened. But I was a little like, I had to think about it. So I don't know if that's 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 good or bad. I this looked. Did, did it look a little different? Like I had to actually check. I was like, is Capullo drawing this? I didn't notice anything. I don't know. Like uh, there's the there's the the page before the villain reveal where uh, Batgirl and, and like Jason. I don't even know who these people are. Red, yeah, Red Hood, and, and is that Red Robin? I guess. Red Robin. Terrible costumes. Like, that just Yo. doesn't. That doesn't look like Red Capullo to me. Hmm. Oh, interesting. And that's you know, like I feel like the shape of Batman is sort of changed. Like he looks less hulking, I suppose. Look how look how short his cape is in that picture. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, and again, it's not bad. It just looks. That is weird. Why is that so? It short? just looks different. 
It's like John Constantine's coat on the TV show. <laughs> it's tiny little waistcoat. Um, I, I like that the Joker now kind of looks like Two-Face because half his face got blasted up. But also, his final line is, uh, and now friends for my best trick of all, I wonder, that is my only indication that, 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 that uh, he's not the immortal evil god. I don't think he's going to be. I, I hope not. I think... In a world where Alfred can get his hand chopped off, anything's possible. I know, but the thing is, in a, in, it's also a world where like, I feel like Scott Snyder has a pretty rock-solid understanding of Batman and what works with him and what doesn't. And I mm-hmm. think that he's pretty smart at throwing a feint. That's what I think. I agree. And, and now, honestly, Alfred getting his hand cut off is a sort of negligible way for him to sort of say, no, no, we're serious about this. You know, in the end, he didn't get killed. You know, it wasn't that, but it was like, oh, maybe he will do anything. But, you know, I mean, like, it just, it just, uh, yeah. it, it uh, adds to the red herring, I suppose. Alfred should go hang out with Thor. Alfred, as a, as a, as a former Battlefield medic, he could fix that up. <laughs> and, and, you know, like, the, the Batcave has what is widely considered to be the best duct tape available anywhere. Get that, get that nice. Yeah. Hurry up. Yeah. This carbon fiber we'll duct tape. around. He'll be fine. Yeah, that's true. Bat tape. Yeah. It'll heal you right that's up. That's true. Darth Vader number two. I really liked this. Well, you know, this is because this was more like what we were looking yes. for, which was a side story. It was, this was just Darth Vader, and I'm going to call him Taggy because there's two. Yeah, teams. okay. Tagra. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> from the from the Norway or Tagra. Supreme Admiral. What was his Supreme, title? Uh, Supreme General. Generally corrects him Whatever. at one point. So this was Dar- Darth Vader being sent off to find a the droid ship is is commandeered by the empire and they they're going to find out who sent the droid ship find out who st- who stole the weapon grand general sorry and uh and there's a mole in the whole outfit and this was fun but there but there was a, i mean there wasn't though like vader right or at least there was but it wasn't who he threw to the wolves yeah it was like a fun like short story that existed in between the pages and it all seemed to work and fit for me i really like Vader as being subservient to somebody. somebody it doesn't even matter who, you know. And then to also have like the toady, you know, as the guy who who has to do it. Of course, this one we get. Uh, oh, I don't remember what Nine Numbs race is, but we got a Twi'lek guy. We got a we got a Mon Cal guy with a helmet. You know, a bunch of those. We got some we got some droidicas. Uh, <laughs> like there's all sorts of fun stuff. I like seeing the astromech droids on the outside yep. ships. Yeah, because you forget that's sort of their I design. Really like the astromech, like action scenes. <laughs> you just sort of see. <laughs> there's a little that bit at the end. Droids, one can always trust droids. Like ah, oh, I, was, I was like, that's that's good stuff. That's what I want out of this. I was I was really pleased. And who'd have thought that I've enjoyed the Salvador Laroca art more than the um, John Cassidy art? Well, I've, I decided this week I'm I'm not going to continue with Star Wars. Really, I can't yeah. not. I, I'm just not. I, mean, I I can't not. I will keep people updated on on that. Yeah, it was, it was kind of I I I was really kind of enjoyable. As long as they stay on the fringes with these stories, I'm mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. And this was really fun. Yep, it was. That's good. I'm glad it wasn't just me. You read Aquaman these days? Well, when someone has the pick, they are in charge of produ- producing the show, and so what they do is when the pick is selected, they send out a list of books that they want to talk about, mm-hmm. and then it, then the other person adds their books to the list. And I was. Shocked to see Aquaman 39 on your list. I really just wanted to do an Aquaman check-in. I, I'm still reading it. Because we haven't talked about it in a while, and I realize that I'm sort of going along in a vacuum, but I keep reading it. 
mainly because I'm just I'm a Jeff Parker fan, so I kind of want to read what he does. I like I like his voice. This is you know it's not my favorite book or anything, but I do keep reading it and it's fun. And I was curious what you said you said that like the Bob said they're a Michael Bolton fan. I just I I celebrate his whole catalog. <laughs> you do. I do. That's true. I like Jeff. I think his I think his mind's in the right place for where comics need to be, and he's a good person to be at, at DC. That's what I think. I think this book is okay. I kind of am with that. I think. I like that there are big ideas and big things going on. It feels it feels very superhero comic booky, without trying to reinvent anything. There's nothing stand out ish. I think the elements of the story that I really liked in the beginning of Jeff Parker's run, where he said some really good banter between Mara and Aquaman, and they had a really nice relationship, sort of has been pushed to the back for the big old story <laughs> plot that's happening. And I think the art is fine. And the See, I think fine. that the I art at first book. I wasn't really sold on Pelletier. But now I've actually been really enjoying it because in this sort of story, I mean, I, I totally know what you're saying. It's fine. But I, like this one has got big, crazy monsters. And, and yeah, that's where, he ex- that's where Parker and Pilkey like, ex- excel. It, is I really the like there's, the big, there's a giant turtle. There's big rhino things. I was just mm-hmm. enjoying it on that aspect as, a, like, a, as like, a, like a 70s comic almost. Like it just sort of fantasy yeah. and, and, and the giant volcano god coming out of it. Was, I was down with all of that. I like that you didn't get the traditional plot twist here. So the story, Aquaman's searching for his mother, who, who's long been thought dead, but has instead been sort of exiled to another, is it dimension? Realm or something. Realm. And so when he finds her in this issue, you expect the sort of story that, you, you know, the reconciliation, the tearful son and mother moment. But in this one, she goes, eh, he's probably not my son, so we should just kill him. Yeah. And so they they have a big old fight. And so I liked that, not getting what I thought I was going to mm-hmm. get. But uh, overall, it's okay. I like the big comic book stuff, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going with it. I just I think we're on about the same page. I think I might make it a little bit more than you, but that's uh, that's fine. Which is strange considering. It's I know, but I really always want to like Aquaman. I feel like that's. I love. Aquaman. I know you do. I, like I feel like there's a bit of a counterculture about liking Aquaman. And also, pretty soon everyone's going to be in on Aquaman, and you're not going to this guy, this this blonde guy with the with the, <laughs> when does he start with the orange shirt, like question. he's he's dead. So you only get so much of this left, at least for like like five ten years until Jeff Johns steps down. Yeah, yeah. Now, did, did you read the Black Hood number one? No, no, I don't even know what that is. What is that? The Black Hood number one is uh, the newest book from Dark Circle Comics, which this is the, the Archie imprint, uh, okay. Archie, that Alex Segura runs. Crime writer, Alex Segura. He's a crime novelist. He's a senior VP of marketing and publicity at Archie, but he's also the editor of Dark Circle Comics. And what he's done is he's gotten together a lot of fellow crime novelists to write these books. And uh, this is this is Dwayne Sierzynski writing, and this is Michael Gatos on art. Why didn't you? Where's and, my Where's my warning on this kind of thing? Uh, I did not do that, and I, that's where my fault okay. lies. You You know You know where my weak spots are, my blind spots. <laughs> This is interesting for a number of reasons. Number one, this is this is an Archie comic featuring lots of adult language. Is it an Archie comic like in the Archie? Is there a word for Archie Riverdale? No, no. no. no I oh. mean it's it's a Dark Circle comic, which is an imprint of Archie. Gotcha. Comics. Gotcha. But it features fucking shit and all you know <laughs> all the, the words you associate with adult comics, which was a little shocking. Number two, the Gatos art was a little on the it was a lot heavy on the Photoshop side. Mm. It was there's a lot of photography run through Photoshop filters to look like drawings, mm-hmm. especially in the backgrounds. 
which I don't love. But the story was really interesting and fun. It's basically, it's set in Philadelphia as a cop, really handsome and charming cop. He's a motorcycle cop, and he gets called to a report of men with guns near a school. So he runs over there, doesn't wait for backup because he's worried about the kids, and ends up getting shot, much like the Joker, in the face with a shotgun. And uh, so he his good looks are gone. He, half his face is all just hamburger. And what was happening was, was the, the scene he rolled up on was this local vigilante called the Black Hood fighting, you know, just, it's just a dude to ski mask fighting with these, these local gang members. And so this issue is the cop recovering psychologically from the shooting, having to deal with the speech therapy. He's gotten hooked on pills. And uh, at the end of it, he, you know, goes a little nuts. And the, his fellow cops had presented him with the ski mask as a sort of trophy. And so at the end of the issue, he puts it on and runs out into the world. So it's just it's, so right now it's a drug addicted cop with a ski mask on calling himself the Black Hood. That's the, the issue ends literally with him jumping down to stop a mugging saying, I am the Black Hood. So mm. it was really dark. Well, you know, there's a lot of he's he's hooked on pills. He's psychologically all screwed up. So, I mean, I guess he's. A, I think you would like. He's it. a vigilante in a mask, though. So it's sort of a dark criminal superhero story. Yeah, I mean these characters, these these, these black circle comics are all superhero right. comics. So there's, I mean, these are all old characters from I think the Golden Age or around the or maybe later. So they're all they're all old properties. Is there anything left to say with those kind of characters? Well, right now what they're doing is they're doing. Suzinski seems to be doing a super realistic mm-hmm. take on it, mm-hmm. but we'll see where it goes from there. But I liked that it was completely not what I expected it to be. I didn't. I don't know what I expected it to get. I expected some more like in the vein of Afterlife with Archie, which is a more adult take on on a children's property, but it's still within within the realm of that world. This was super like. <laughs> Heavy and adult. Don't they eat humans? Yeah, but it's still. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, but that's it's, just. It's in, a, it's in a zombie, and there's implied, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. But this is like laid out mm-hmm. there, and it's really gritty. And the art, as, despite the heavy photoshopping, I really did like the Gato's character mm-hmm. work, and uh, who we love from Alias, yeah. obviously. And I think you like all this. All right, I'll check it out. This is so. It's and there's a bunch of them coming out. I don't know if I'm gonna read them all. This one appealed to me from the, for the creative team, so I, I picked this one up. If, and Straczynski is a Philadelphia native, so this is sort of his peon to his hometown. That's nice. So it was really good. I enjoyed it. The Black Hood number one from Dark Circle Comics, which is an imprint of Archie. Check it out. Uh, also, you can get some comics at ifanboy.com slash Amazon if you want to buy some collected editions. That's how you help the show. By going there, clicking on the Amazon link, making all your purchases. You don't have to buy comics. You can buy whatever you like. Just bought some camera equipment for uh, for work, so... That'll help. <laughs> doing my, doing my bit work. For, que- for Queen of Country. So uh, if you go to iFanboy.com slash Amazon, that's how we uh, calculate the lights on. And another way we do that is iFanboy.com slash registration. Where for $3 a month or $30 a year, you can help the show out directly by becoming an iFanboy member, contributing to the show, keeping it going, keeping the bills paid, and keeping all the comic book love spreading throughout the land via iFanboy. So we thank you for all who do both those things. Boy. Sex number 20 just continues the blue balls of this thing, huh? That was the most awkward date I've read in I a while. I know, and it was totally counter to the expectations of what... It's, it's a sitcom of will they or won't they now, and they won't! So this issue, sex, as, we, as you've probably heard, although this book doesn't come out all that regularly, so you, maybe if you're a new listener you don't know, sex is a sort of an allegory for Batman. The best superhero allegory out there, so I'm fine with that. 
so Batman finally goes on a date with Catwoman. A real, like, serious, he shaved his soul patch. They're at a restaurant. Date. And it just goes spectacularly wrong. <laughs> and not even any, any kind of big superhero way. It's just through their conversation, it's just so awkward. And, and, like, and, and it's, like, it's not even like, oh, man, this is awkward, isn't it? Ha ha, like, pisses her off. Yeah, like, he just doesn't know how to deal oh, with it. It's great, but I, I also just, I'm like, oh, man, let him, let him have a good night. But they can't, and they won't. And then she took her clothes off and jumped off a building. It's easy to jump through the rooftops when you're not wearing your dress. Yeah. So I guess that's what. But uh, I like also the flashback to them as, you know, in their prime, which is only five years ago, uh, which someone would say about us. <laughs> is, uh, oh, I, know, I love that we, st- we still don't get a look at him. No. That's a great rule. Like we, see her, we see her in her full costume glory. She looks just like Catwoman. We've seen glimpses of parts of his costume. But we've never really seen him fully on. And, and he, here we only really see his, his uh, chest logo silhouetted against uh, black. And I would like to think know. that the, the Iron Saint, the Armored Saint, Iron Saint, something like that. It sounds like an uh, Astro City character when I say it. I would like to think that that is a rule of the book. And it's not like... I hope so. It's not as if... It's not, we're not waiting... Like eventually they're going to reveal it because that would that's always going to be a letdown. The rule is you just don't right. show that, um, right. which is fine. Hint at it, that's fine. But I just love that the buildup's been so high. They both have been really mm-hmm. into it. They've been flirting. They're showing up at each other's apartments and and teasing this out, and then it just happens, and it's just a fucking disaster. Oh, it was it great. It really was very good, and it, it you know like it took the left turn on their expectations, which is what what good fiction does. Oh, Simon Cook. When will you get laid? He's not going to, man. I'm telling you, it's going to keep building up, and he's going to go nuts. He's going to have a stroke when it exactly. finally happens. Exactly. <laughs> it's the best, best stroke ever. Whoa. <laughs> so the Thor annual number one, I, I wanted to make a quick mention of. I feel like we, we throw a lot of Thor love around. Uh, this is three short stories uh, by Jason Aaron, someone I don't remember, and uh, CM Punk. You don't remember who Jason Aaron No, Aaron's? I remember Jason Aaron. He's a writer for comics. I was, I was talking about the writer for the middle Oh. If you just let me vamp, I, I would have gotten there. But Sorry. instead... I jumped on your joke. Hey, it's fine. It wasn't even a joke. It was just, I was just like, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Did you, did you pick this up? Did you read it? I thought about it, but again, with the 19 books, I, couldn't, I didn't want to add anything mm-hmm. new. So I just I went past it. Um, I'll tell you what, what excited me. Jason Aaron wrote a story about old Thor uh, with art mm-hmm. by Tim Truman, which was really... Very nice. It was. I, you know, I like Tim Truman, but I think of him as a certain kind of artist, and I think that he he gave this a sort of retro kind of look. It was, but it was really nice and naturalistic. I, I really enjoyed that about old King Thor because uh, he. If you remember the last time we saw him, like the Earth was just a, a, a husk, and he's decided to sort of bring it back to life, um, right. so that his his granddaughters see him down there, and he's all grim and stuff, and they they make life for him on the planet. But they don't. There's no text or anything left. So all their animals are a little weird. So like their elephants have like like uh, ten tusks, and their sharks have bat wings and fly around. By the way, that's a that's a mistake. And like the zebras have. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! This is going to uh, reinvigorate our old classic uh, flying sharks. Delight. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think Jason Aaron is unaware of that. Flying sharks or flying yeah. monkeys, which is more terrifying, Josh. There's an Adam and Eve couple, uh, Jane and Steve. See now, I... <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> They were Adam and Eve, not Jane and Steve. It turns out they were Jane and Steve. So. I, I'm going to go back and yeah. This, um, then there's a this sort of a, a let's see, I, it's a I'm I'm just trying to get the name of it because their name isn't on the beginning of it. It's a story about uh, the new Thor. I'm not going to say Lady Thor because uh, 
And then uh, the last story is written by wrestler CM Punk in his uh, comic book writing debut with art by Rob Guillory, um, which I, for some reason I didn't know about. I remember him talking about, about Young Thor. I dug that a lot. So it's uh, Noel Stevenson and Marguerite Sauvage doing the middle story. Like they were all enjoyable short stories, uh, and it was a, it was a good. It was the kind of thing that like it was a different look and a different feel. Basically, in the middle one, she's hanging out in the tavern in Asgard for some reason, and the Warriors Three are giving her shit, and that she has to prove herself, and she does, and then they like her. I mean, they basically like they accept her, and uh, yeah, and then they they the last one is is they they young Thor tricks Mephisto, drawn by Rob Guillory. Like it was it was a fun issue. Well, I will, I will be checking it out then. Basically, that segment turned into me telling Connor why he needed to read it. So hopefully that right, worked fine. for some of you. Jerk. I think I can say <laughs> with some certainty yes. that this was the last issue of All New Avengers by James Robinson. Invaders. Oh, Invaders. I did it. Uh, so I was looking at Avengers somewhere else. Uh, in All New Invaders. 15. Yeah, yeah, number 15. It was the last Yeah, because it says the end correct. at the end. I was like, okay, I feel, I feel like I can, I can go ahead and definitely speak to that. And Steve Pugh. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I agree this was a cool little series that I don't necessarily think it ever found its feet or was given a chance to find its feet. Yeah, it, it's tough because uh, I felt like every time I found my groove with it, it would radically switch. Because they had to. St- stories or characters or whatever. And it, well, because I feel like it was existing in the midst of all this other stuff and he had to keep working around it. You know, like Captain America yeah, this changes. Is a, this, is a perfect, this is a perfect book to live in that new sort of DC paradigm in which you don't worry about continuity. Right. You know, I would love to have a book where I just read about those characters having adventures and not worry about making it fit what was happening. And I'm sure James Robinson would have loved to write that I'm book. I'm sure, and I think he would have been exemplary at it. Yeah, but uh, it, it sort of fell victim to the constantly churning mm-hmm. Marvel universe. So all that being said, I, I there was a couple things I really liked about this, and I just wanted to pick them out because I've, I've enjoyed this series. I've, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't think it needed mm-hmm. to go no, on it's, forever. It's a, fun, it's a totally fun series. I thought CPU did really nice art. The sort of first shot of them sort of standing up on the edge of the helicarrier over the over the ocean, like it's just really nice composition, and 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 basically Namor, and and uh, Human Torch and Steve Rogers are all just having a conversation about stuff, and I like that. You know, Namor is a crusty son of a bitch, but these are the two characters who can just talk to him straight out. Absolutely, that's what's I great really about. really like that, and you know, I like that Steve Rogers is a start is a little bit embittered, just like he's mm-hmm. you know he's not used to this, you know. So they're basically just telling stories about the stuff that had happened. And talking to each other and 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 being friends who were chatting after 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 a bunch of stuff happened. And James Robinson excels at thumbing his nose at all the stories he didn't get to mm-hmm. tell. Yeah, <laughs> he did that. He did that. He did it a long time ago in Justice League of America or just whatever the title of that book was. But he did it again here. And these are the things I would have done had the book continued. Blah yeah. blah blah. Which is kind of bold because you're just blowing it out. Yeah. You could use that somewhere else. Nope. I'm going to do something new. I will say, like, watching, like, having them talk about this makes me not really like the new Captain America as much. Because you're like, you know, it's an interesting story, but that dude's not Captain America. He's not. And it it does continue to bug me that they call him Cap. And he's he's an expert with the shield and all that stuff. I just, I wait for the return of Steve and Thor. It's a nice, it's a nice, yeah, I mean, but it's interesting in the same way that, you know, watching Bucky be Cap for for a while was interesting, too. Yeah, but even even that I got sick of after about... About six because it's not about Captain America. It's about Steve Rogers. Yeah. Uh, for me, that's right. the thing that's interesting. Man out of time. Speaking of James Robinson, Fantastic Four 643, I believe this is the final arc 
of Fantastic Four. What they've done for the last two issues is gone back to the original numbering, which is always a sign that the book is ending or something big is about that. We know the book is ending. And uh, what's been fun about this particular arc is that we're using the classic comic book story of there's been a villain. It's, it's the ultimate retcon. There's been a villain in the background this entire time going back to the early days of the team who's been orchestrating events against the team. And uh, so there's this guy from college who was in love with Sue and he's going to ask her out, but Reed got to her first. And so now he's been jealous this whole time. And uh, he was a super genius too. So he went super genius villain route and has been orchestrating events against the team this, this whole time. And so this has been a really fun arc. And uh, I, I've been loving the way that, that Mr. Fantastic has been drawn. He's been drawn sort of like a middle-aged dude. Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of got a longer face and... He's, his body, when he's not stretchy, just kind of looks like a, a guy of his age. Who draws this? I think it's Leonard Kirk. Okay. I just don't have it open in front of me. But uh, I re- I've actually been really liking this this particular arc really, mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit. So and then it's been a lot of guest stars, Spider-Man and the Avengers. and He's, re- he's throwing everything in the bucket before Ike pulls the plug on, on this book. <laughs> I can't catch a break. <laughs> <laughs> And I also wanted to really quickly mention Shield, Shield number three, which is the series that's bringing in the TV characters. And this issue is a team up with Spider-Man. Each, each issue has been a team up with a different Marvel character that they could never use in the show. And strangely, or interestingly enough, has featured different artists. In this issue, Alan Davis. Mm, how are the shoulders? <laughs> well, there wasn't a lot of, of chance for him to draw high fashion because okay. uh, this issue takes place inside Doctor Strange's Sanctum Sanctorum. Because there's some sort of uh, interloper in the Sanctum Sanctum. How was the hair? Mullets? You have mullets? There, well, you, you really only had Coulson. Okay. And he's got the thinning. No, no one hair, knows what so. Coulson looks like, so it's not really a problem. That's true. Now, what's weird, though, is that like, I feel like issue one and two came out very quickly after one another, and that was a while ago. Yeah, they were like back-to-back weeks almost. Right. But maybe it was only a month ago, and I don't know. But Marvel shipping has really warped our sense of what a normal schedule for a book is. I agree. Mark Wade continues to have down the voice of these characters, mm-hmm. even though this, this issue only really features Coulson. Um, he really nails it. You can really hear Clark Gregg in, in the dialogue. Uh, he'd actually be a great writer on the show, as it turns out, from these books. I'm sure. If you like the show and don't get to see, you know, wish you could see other Marvel characters on the show, you'll never see there. This is the book for you. And also, if you like these artists, because they've had three really great artists in the book. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the plan is going forward, but... I was really shocked to see and surprised and delighted to see Alan Davis art on the book. Yeah, yeah. Which is always nice to see. So, uh, Shield number three. Well, cool. Those are the books we wanted to talk about this week. There's a lot of books. Those are not all the books. We could talk about others, but those are the ones we decided to highlight this week. If you go to ifanboy.com, you can find the post for the show, and you can talk about these books or other books. Boy, there were a lot of others. There were many, many others. A lot of others. It's true. A lot of books. Uh, I've got some email questions for you, Josh. You ready? Just for me? Okay, I got it. Johnny M. I'm attending my first ever comic convention, WonderCon in Anaheim, this April with my wife, my daughter, two years old, and two other family members. I already purchased the badges for the four of us for Saturday the 4th, and I was wondering, what should I expect? What do I need to take? Food, supplies, backpacks, etc.? What do I need to do to get the most out of my first con, and what are some things that I have to do or experience while I'm there? I really want to meet creators, get stuff signed, and buy cheap hardcovers and trade paperbacks since I don't buy a lot of single issues. Any help would be amazing and greatly appreciated. Now, I wanted to highlight this for two reasons. Yeah. <laughs> One, we haven't dealt with cons stuff like this in a while. Uh-huh. And I'm sure there are people who are new to the show who don't. We used to talk about cons all the time when we would go to them. So it'd be good to revisit sort of the 
con etiquette and what to ex- expect at a show. Plus, he's got a he's got a young kid, so you maybe have to throw some insight into that. Yeah. Uh, and then the second reason uh, we'll get to after the end of the email. Okay. So uh, what do you what what expect at a con, Josh? Well, I'm I'm I have to go back here because now I'm starting to worry. Like, have things changed? Like, just like are they do they still have comics at that? I was at just... Comic Con last year. It's still nothing has changed. Okay, so it's literally the same experience. You're just there for a day. Um, the day thing is difficult because yeah, the cheap hardcovers and trades tend to happen on the Sunday. On the last day of the show, because they're trying to get out of there and make some sort of profit, so they're still trying to get the full price on Saturday. I gotta. And that's the day everybody's there. Yeah, too. the cheap, I think the cheap thing has been over. Like at the end of the day, you can sometimes find some stuff, but internet mail order and stuff has kind of flattened out yeah. the sort of bargains and stuff that you can get. Because every time I used to walk, even when I was there, you know, however many years ago, when I was walking around, like I, I just stopped looking because I could get everything I needed sort of easily and more cheap, and I didn't have to carry it around. Right. Uh, you know, just which isn't really going to be a problem for everyone. If you're just going for a day, maybe you're driving in or whatever. For me, it was always like I have to carry whatever back in my luggage, and I just didn't want to deal with it. That kid in there is a wrench, <laughs> and it really depends on it. It totally depends on what your daughter's like. I took my kid when he was four to a really small show, and he was bored out of his friggin' mind because he just doesn't care about most of that stuff. My kid's weird. Do you remember that time where? We were at a panel. This was really early on because it was back when we still went to panels. And then we were at that panel and we watched just a kid in front of us just completely bored and then he fell asleep. <laughs> no. While his father was riveted by what was being said. That's a, that sounds like a great kid. It was a microcosm of comics. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the, the 40-year-old dad was riveted and the, the 5-year-old kid just could not have cared less about Spider-Man. I mean, it's just that, like, 2-year-olds take a lot of attention and time and, like, naps and stuff. And, and for me, like, I feel like... That's going to be hard to have. I don't know how packed this show is, but it's, it's a fairly well attended show. Yeah, I haven't been, been to it. I yet. would, I would, uh, that's going to make it hard to do all of those things that you just mentioned. You're probably going to have well, to meeting creators and getting stuff signed. That shouldn't be a problem. This is, this is one mm-hmm. of those comics focused shows. That's good. You know, I mean, it's I, like Wonder, you remember WonderCon in, in San Francisco. Yeah. Sim- similar, similar to that. So meeting people is always. Well, it depends on who you're talking about when you say people. That's true. Like, that is like also if true. you mean Jim Lee, you're going to be in line for half the day. If, if you, if you mean, you know, you know, sort of the some of the cool smaller artists, guys who you know aren't necessarily as as well known or whatever, but you like their work, um, who have their own tables. That's you know that's totally doable. You can walk around, you can meet people, buy something from these people for God's sakes. You know, get a sketch or two, get some stuff signed, let them know you're reading their work. That's that's rad. Um, you should totally do that. That's like an artist alley kind of thing or at their own tables, which is different than like sort of waiting in the big lines that are at the publisher booths. Right. But those still tend to move pretty quickly, the publisher they can. lines, depending, depending on who you're talking about. Yeah. You know, you got that kid, so you better know, you know to bring snacks. You've got to back, bring a backpack, bring water, bring some snacks to snack on. Bring a lot um, of snacks, um, you know, or, or a huge wad of money. If you really like overpriced crappy pretzels, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I don't know what supplies you need. You know, it's hard because when we used to do these emails, it was usually about being there for like the full the full time. But one day in and out, you don't yeah. really need as much. You're not really there for the duration. You know what? You're gonna you're gonna you know provided provided that uh, your kid's fine for the whole thing. And I guess if you're taking her, you're assuming she is. You know, you're gonna have a good time. You're gonna have a day. You're gonna you're gonna probably leave wanting more. Mm-hmm. You're totally gonna leave wanting more, which is so much of a better feeling than you know three days in going. I just I just want to go home. I just, that's right. all I want. So so that's really cool. You know, uh, have fun. Just you know, respect. Uh, you know, I one thing I know from creators is respect that those guys are you know they're they're there to work. They're there to meet people. They're there to do everything. But you know, 
freebies aren't sort of the best thing that they you know if you buy stuff from them you get sketches you do stuff like that that's how they pay for their being able to show up and you being able to go there and meet them the shows aren't paying them they're paying to be there with but you know i've always said the best thing about comics uh, is that it's the place where you get to meet the people. You really get to meet the people who are doing And stuff. they're super happy to have you, Absolutely. Have you there. Come by the table, say hi. And so that is, I mean, at a show like this, if you're looking to meet, if you, and especially if you've never met anyone mm-hmm. who makes comics, this is a great kind of way to do it. Yeah. You'll, you'll have a great time. It's really satisfying to be able to tell somebody, like, I really like your work. And it's really satisfying for somebody to hear somebody tell them, listen, I really like your work. So that's, I think that's one of the magical things about it that you, that you get to look forward to. Um, and maybe you'll find that great table that has a bunch of stuff that no one else wanted that is gold to you, and you're going to get a great deal on it. Right. Yeah. I'm still annoyed that a couple of years ago I didn't buy some of those uh, Gabriel Hardman's uh, character sketches that were so cheap, and now they're like four times as much. Yeah. Stupid old Connor. Hey, uh, one more thing, and I, I, I hate to have to do this to you, but um, if you have a little kid, you have a stroller. Be mindful of that stroller. Yeah. Do not block the aisles. You're gonna you're gonna piss off a hundred people. You don't even you can't even see. So you know you gotta go where you gotta go and do your thing. But just be mindful uh, of because it's a ton of people doing stuff together. And the more everybody sort of works together, the more fun it is. Yeah. Um, so then WonderCon is interesting because we're not ready to announce any details, but there is going to be some sort of a thing thing happening at WonderCon involving people on this show doing something. That's, I'm, that's very vague and annoying. But I'm just, I, ch- I just checked the veracity of everything you said, and fact-wise, it checks out. Because we just we haven't locked down the details yet. Uh, it hasn't been announced yet. But if you're going to be at WonderCon and you're a fan of the show, I don't even know what day. I don't know anything. April 5th uh, through 8th? 6th through 8th? No, no, I don't, I don't know. I know what day the show is. No, not 8th. 3 to 5. Three, yeah, I just don't know what day the art, art thing is yeah. going to be. There's going to be an iFanboy thing happening at WonderCon uh, of some fashion, and we're not... We haven't locked down the details, but as soon as we have them, we will mention in the show. We'll do a post on the website. Uh, we'll put it on our social media. But if you're going to be there and you're a fan of the show, keep your ears and eyes open. There's going to be a pretty cool event happening at WonderCon. And I've never, I haven't been to this WonderCon yet, so this is going to be my first time going If you have there. the stones. If I have the stones, there will be an event yeah. happening at WonderCon. So check, keep your ears and eyes open for that. Cool. Now we got an email from Matt B. Matt says... So I've always been a big fan of Garth Ennis, and over the years of listening to the show, I've become a big fan, especially of his war stuff, like war stories and battlefields. Ennis has done some stuff about World War II stuff in Vietnam and Korea, and now his current arc is set during the Arab-Israeli War, and I was wondering, has he ever done anything set during the Troubles in Northern Ireland? I, it seems like it'd be a no-brainer, but I can't seem to remember him doing anything in Ireland outside of Preacher. If this is indeed something that is currently missing from his oeuvre, do you have any recommendations or anything else on the subject? To be honest, I don't know much about it outside of U.S. songs. And I actually did some research on this, Josh. Good, because I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking real hard. And if I had known, I, I mean, I would have put aside seven, eight hours for it. No. I mean, other he than... Has, other he than, has. He has. He has. Not, not war stories. No, not uh, war his, stories. I'm, I'm thinking of... It, the first thing that showed up it was, uh, was um, Cassidy's story, but that's, that's during you know 1914 Revolution, 1917, World War I era. And I know that his character's... Have been touched by it and commented on it. Well, he's, and, he's just important to note if you don't know, he is from North. Yeah, Korea. yeah, yeah. He's from Hollywood. I thought it was Hollywood, but it's Hollywood. Hollywood. Also, weird accent. His first comics work uh, was were stories about the, the troubles. Really? Yeah. It would have been uh, fairly closer to when it was happening. He would have grown up yes. right in it. And I'm reading this straight from Wikipedia, folks. Do, so just, do I, I mean I just I mean I, do I have to sort of like give a like this is this is uh, 
the, I guess the terrorism and the fighting and the factional distance. Well, his, that- his very first story was uh, it, it appeared in a series called Troubled Souls mm. in a antho- I guess within an anthology called Crisis, illustrated by John McRae. Mm. Who's also from Northern Ireland. Yeah, a story of a young, apolitical Protestant man caught up by the fate in the violence of the Irish Troubles. It sounds, you know, knowing how people write, uh, like a fairly uh, self-biographical sort of thing, doesn't it? Yes, and uh, he did a sequel of For a Few Troubles More. <laughs> uh, Guy Loves Westerns. Which was a comedy uh, taking place in the Troubles, <laughs> featuring some of the characters from that first story. That's ballsy. So uh, I feel like Kit from his Hellblazer series, you know. Oh, wait, he had another one. He had another one. Christ, he did a story called True Faith in that same Crisis anthology. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a religious satire uh, taking place during the Troubles, drawn by War and Police. All of these Trouble stories mm-hmm. were collected in a one seri- single collection put out by Vertigo in 1997. Wow. So there's a collection out there of, of Ennis' uh, writing about the Troubles. I'm going to go ahead and take this one step further, though. Mm-hmm. I feel like all of his work is very like, like all of like I don't know if he, he wrote you know how much literally he did about it, but I feel like a lot of it is affected by it. Oh, he has been working through these issues uh, exactly. For I mean, like, twenty years. Preacher is a is about religion. It's about God. It's about which is you know the basis of the troubles, right? You know, the, there's 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 Kit from the Hellblazer series, who's who's a Northern Irish girl, sort of a a um. An idealism of that, you know, of an idea, you know, it's all in there. Like he's constantly going back to war stuff because he grew up in a war zone, yeah. <laughs> more or less. Yeah. You know, and then you can idealize the American Western, mm-hmm. you know, as a, as an antidote to that, as a thing to get in. Besides that, and also like a just a a perverse black sense of humor, which is what you need to get to survive through that. The world. Yeah, that's an amazing question. And Connor, nice work. I read. It, I was like, "That's a great question. We should probably know the answer." Nice, good, jo- just good job. Vamping like we normally do, but that, and I also wanted to know the answer. Yeah, it was funny because he also asked for other subject matter. I, the first thing that popped in my head was the Queen and Country story that was set in the Troubles. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that one? Yeah, that was a. Uh, was that the Anthony Johnston one? Well, that was. Yeah. That wasn't yeah. by Reg Rucka. That was. Uh, no, it was the one time somebody else wrote. wrote Queen in the Country. fourth book. Yeah. Like I vaguely remember it. It was like, I remember enjoying it quite a bit. Was it Paul, was it a Paul Crocker story from before? He it was, might have been. He was uh, uh, Diops. I think it was. Yes. Yeah, so if you're looking for Northern Ireland comic stories, check out the fourth volume of Queen and Country, which has a story on it. And you know what? Just check out the first three with it also. Well, that's true. <laughs> I haven't read any books on it. You know, it's one of those things that it, every once in a while it pops up, and I I think I need to read a book about this, and and then I haven't. I've seen a few movies, but I I don't feel like they usually... It's hard because, especially growing up in New York, surrounded by all the Irish friends and immigrants, Mm -hmm. it was always very prevalent in my daily life, people talking about it, but I never really read any fiction on it, or nonfiction on it. There's a 30 for 30 documentary about the bombing that took place in a pub during the, I want to say the 92... Uh, World Cup. Wow, really? I think I'm trying to remember uh, what it's called, but there's a there's a 30 for 30 that like Ireland had made it like really far, which they don't usually because they're not a great. No, they pub. yeah yeah they're not. They'd been doing really well, and then like during the game, there was this little tiny pub in Northern Ireland that had been blown up. Um, this was a really big story at the time. But that was a really good documentary. I I mean it's, ugh, it's it's a it's depressing. <laughs> it's a really sad yeah. 
a huge story that uh, that I don't know enough enough to talk about <laughs> without sounding uh, stupid and disrespectful about it. But so Matt B, you can check out. Look, you, I don't even know the title of that collection. It doesn't say it here. I assume it is. Uh, let's see. You you just vamp for a second. Okay. Let's see if I can find the title of this book. I guess. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh. It's called Troubled Souls, and uh, it. Or, or no, it's called Troubled Souls, and uh, Vertigo republish it. It's probably not, most likely, definitely not in print anymore. I can't imagine. No. But uh, you might be able to find it somewhere online. But there was something. a time when Karen Berger, uh, you know, she'd publish anything that Garth Ennis did, right? With perfectly good reason, I might add. Yeah. So check that out, or check out Book Four, and then as Josh said, Book One through Three of Queen of Country. And then I just watched recently In the Name of the Father. That's such a good movie. Yeah. It's such a good movie. Utah. Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> so sad. I saw that when I was a kid, and like I had, I had no idea what I was watching. Watch it again as an adult. Yeah, no, I, I, I've, I've no doubt. He possibly wait. And Daniel Day Lewis. That's good. It's a good cast. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Matt and Johnny. The email is. I'm, I'm still trying to work my way with you, American Civil War. So I'm going to get there eventually. The other day, I was in <laughs> Did a. Did you say through your American Civil War? Yeah, I no, I said the American Civil War. Oh. The other day, I was in a Barnes and Noble, and I went to the military history section and i just had a breakdown i was like i've never seen again no i was like i'm never gonna i'm never gonna get to this like no, there's just not. too much like there's if i if i only wanted to read biographies on robert e lee like i'd never make it josh there's an entire industry of people just constantly writing about oh, the civil war you i could never make it through i haven't even come close to 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 no. like, not even close i'm reading the shelby foot books for god's sakes there's literally hundreds of those books published every year uh, that book, by the way, is not on the Vertigo app. I don't know if yeah, that's it's, it's, I guarantee you it's not in print anymore. Yeah. yeah. Contact at ifanboy.com. Our voicemail line is 888-FANBOYS-326-2697. Uh, if you call in, keep around 30 seconds. So that's how you get on the show. That's how you get the show like Johnny and Matt. Both really good questions. Thank you. Thank you this week. Two quick things to mention. Agent Carter just ended. A lot of people asked if we were going to do a podcast on it, and the answer is maybe. Have you been watching it? Yes, but it's more of a scheduling problem. I'm literally about to leave for a week. I go out of town. I don't know when I'm going to be able to record it. It's a scheduling headache. That may or may not happen. But in April, a week after WonderCon, is when Daredevil hits Netflix, and we will definitely be doing a show on that. When that exactly comes out, I don't know because we have to watch all the episodes. But uh, there will definitely be a Daredevil podcast. There will maybe be an Agent Carter podcast. I will try to be on that Daredevil podcast, but it didn't have to be later. It's also the same weekend that Game of Thrones comes back, so it's going to be a very I tried to rewatch the last season, and I was a little bored. Last season wasn't as good as the one before. Yeah. And then, as we mentioned earlier, uh, obliquely, there's going to be a WonderCon announcement coming soon, hopefully in the next week. Well, hopefully on the next show or the show after, that we'll, have, we'll have the details on the WonderCon announcement. Right. But if you're going, if you've got tickets, and you want to be involved in an iFanboy event, uh, keep your eyes out. Keep your ears out. There you are. And in the meantime, before WonderCon, head over to ifanboy.com, comment on this show, talk about this week's books, find all of our other podcasts, follow us at facebook.com slash ifanboy and at ifanboy on Twitter, and follow us individually at J.A. Flanagan at C.S. Kilpatrick on Twitter. If you like the show, go write a review in iTunes, pass the word along, tell your friends about it, post it on your social networks, move it around, uh, do, do what you can to help spread it around if, uh, if you're so inclined. If you enjoy the show, that's always a big thing for us. I, I, love, I, still, I love seeing recommendations. They're like, hey, what's a good comics podcast? And someone still says, you know, like, oh, this is my favorite. I, I love seeing that. That's my best. You know, after, yes, thank you so much. After all this time, thank you very much. Uh, we, we it's st- not even my favorite. Well, you don't, you don't listen to comics <laughs> it, it podcasts. It is my favorite. I don't listen to this. <laughs> I don't. I don't listen to that kind of crap. <laughs> no, just kidding. I have to listen to this show. It's the only way I can maintain an erection. Wow! <laughs> wow! 
That's is that is, we're gonna go, are we gonna go that direction from now on? Why not? There's no one to stop us, Josh. There's no one to reel us, reel us in. Sky's the limit, baby. You can be as tasteless as you want. <laughs> tasteless as we want to be. Yep. I, the iFanboy story. So, so uh, did you finish your bit? I wasn't even listening. Yeah, I did. We're, All right. You just you like Before, I got this one. Hang on. Here we go. <laughs> Before we get to the show, uh, on a serious note, we are all bummed about Leonard Nimoy and uh, uh, bad, sad news of his passing, and we are all big, big fans of his, so uh, he had a good life. Long life, very creative life. Yeah, good guy from all, all accounts. Interesting guy. Yes. Um, so well lived. As everyone uh, that I know is saddened, and we are as well, so that is our bring it down moment for the show, but that's life. Remember, it's not how he said it. <laughs> I didn't live, enunciate Live that long correctly. and prosper, Josh. Yeah. Did he's the one, he's the one who said that? That's what Spock says. Yeah, yes. I, know, I know that. I was being... Sorry. You're being yourself. Yep. And what we found with myself is it goes a lot like that date in Sex 20. <laughs> <laughs> so, until next week's show, I'm Connor. I am Josh. The oldest Josh there has ever been. <laughs> oh, my creaking bones. If you want the world to know has gone.